And I'm Karen Wright. It is 9.35, and joining me now is our good friend, Barb Lampson, Master Gardener. And we're surviving in the cold, Barb. I don't know if we're thriving yet, but we are surviving. I'm beginning to come back to life. You are? Yes, I am. It. I'm feeling uh, because energized. It's because of the snow or the cold or just because the sun's coming back well, a little more? I think more. it's uh, the sun and Mother Nature right now. I mean, it couldn't look better It outside. is pretty. It's white. It's clean. The sun is shining on the snow. It just glistens. It is. It's a beautiful thing. It's absolutely beautiful. And I'm thinking, you know, with all this snow, this is protecting my perennial plants under the snow. I was thinking the same thing, but, you know, the week before we had all that snow and then it all melted. And all I could think was how hard that is on our plants because it was nearly down to no snow again. Now it's back again. And yes. that freeze, that, that that's really tough on the plants. You know, this is the polar vortex that yes. we're having to deal with. As a matter of fact, uh, science tells us that this is the the last five winters have been the coldest on record. Really? And, huh. and they have been keeping uh, records for 150 years now. And when it's, it's just, it's hard for people to understand that we're warming, we're getting warmer. I was going to say the global warming um, uh, critics will say like, see, it's not yes. global warming after all, but it's, it's in the context of things. Yes, it's the polar vortex. That's yeah. it. I, I was talking to my granddaughter who goes to college in Cleveland, Ohio, and it went from minus six below there to 56 above. Now that is something that would be very, very difficult for the plants to survive. The trees, the sap starts mm -hmm. running, and then when it gets cold at night, that freezes, freezes they, they crack. They, they crack. It can be very, very devastating. I checked what the soil temperature is. You know, we can get that. And uh, as of uh, February 6th, which was the last date that I was able to get information, the soil temperature is 30, 30 degrees. Well, that's, that's good. freezing, about freezing, yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's because we still have a nice snow cover. So, uh, you How might... far down does that, that go in terms of the, the, the test? Because, I mean, on, you know, the surface might be yeah. a little thawed out yeah. versus down below. You know, they, they don't tell you that, hmm. um, at, at what depth that's at. Okay. But, you know, um, I would imagine um, as long as it's warm, that warm, like, say, in the first top inch, uh, eight inches, it's certainly going to be warmer below then, too, because it didn't get a chance to freeze that right. deep. It's when we have those open winters. They are so incredibly bad because it just, there's nothing to protect it. The snow works as such an insulator, but when you have black ground... That Heats absorbs the heat. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. but I mean, the good thing is, I've heard that they say that it may kill a lot of the emerald ash borer larvae. So yes. that's a plus. But it, uh, apparently, it doesn't work the same for Japanese beetles, which I was kind of bummed about. But yes, yes, and slugs. So yeah. it doesn't work on slugs either, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, there's some, some yes, there's some good things, but also yes. it's, it's very hard on the plants. And I am one who didn't get everything covered last fall, sadly, because I just had so much to do, and I thought, well. Here's here's my here's my rationale. You'll love this. Your your husband will laugh too. All right. So if it dies, I guess I'll just have to get some more plants to replace it. Yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> there really isn't anything you can do then. And uh, the same thing happens every single fall to all of us. It's warm. It's nice. You think it's going to be a while before it gets really cold and you can't get out there. And then the next thing you know, it's cold. It's wet. It's windy. You can't move in the garden. You have to stay out of the garden. You can't be tromping around right. in there Don't and putting it down. down. Now, so, so you know, maybe some of those things that, like hutura or coral bells, that is a plant that I have to 
be very, very um, diligent about, and I have to get something around that early. They heave up easily because they I've do. had problems and lost some because of that. The, the coral bells, a.k.a. Huchira, and, and they're beautiful, but I've only had some varieties that I've had success with. The other ones seem like they spit themselves out of the ground and then they die, even though I've tried yeah. to push dirt it's around that, them. It's that, um, it, it reminds me of an African violet, how mm. an African violet, get the stem, the stalk keeps rising above. Yep. And it, and with this, with our winters, that top part, that freezes and it freezes deep and it goes all the way down and and that's not good. As a matter of fact... Well, how have you had success in keeping yours or do you lose okay, some too? Yes. I okay, do, so it's not just me. I had a, a Some varieties are worse than others. Yes. I was talking to a friend of ours, a fellow gardener, and I was telling her how I have this one plant, which I believe it's called creme brulee, which is an orange-yellow, very pretty color. I bought it locally. I bought it in a pot. And that one has almost died every winter. I mean, it's just so anemic when it comes back. And she says, <clears throat> she told me, she said, that particular plant loves hot, sunny spots. Okay. I, she said, change the spot where you've got it, and you're probably going to, it's going to go into the winter healthier. So I'm going to try that. But I was impressed with, or at least interested to see this Hutura that was in Wednesday's paper and it's it's just a it's just a gorgeous is thing. this the one that looks like just beautiful bright like, cherry red it does oh it's like it, fire engine red I've seen this yes, I love this it's yes, beautiful it's called uh cherry fire cherry fire chief Hutura oh. and it is it says of unparalleled Stunning. beauty but do you know what you and I say uh, see this plant in, in person. Don't go ordering it without seeing it, right. because it could be very, very different from what the photo shows you. Well, that is true because I mean I am a photographer and I do use some photo enhancing um, equipment that the, that is on the the computer, and you can make things look so much more saturated. So that red, while it looks just amazing in the picture, when you see it, or it might be just your site doesn't have what it needs to make it have that wow. Part yes, or yeah. a lot of times you go and you see it in the greenhouse and it's just ooh and you get it home well maybe you're not fertilizing it right maybe you don't have the right light so just always know that it might not come exactly like what you picture exactly and also things in a greenhouse may have the perfect climate they're getting looked all the time every day you know and they're getting deadheaded in that so uh, and this might have one of those unhealthy habits of getting. Uh, the stem shooting up and going above the soil. So we'll have to see in zone four here how that goes. If it is um, anything like its picture, it certainly would be worth trying. But uh, it, I just like things that I'm going to be fairly certain that they're going to survive. Even if they're not up to expectation for color, I just want to know that it's going to survive, so I'm not going to have to replace it again and try again. Right, although there are sometimes when I'm glad and I can replace things to try new things, because sometimes when you're a gardener like us, you get everything filled up and you're like, well, I don't have any more room, unless this dies, of course. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or, oh, I'm hoping. Yeah, right, <laughs> sometimes. Would you like this? Or there's times that I just dig it up and say goodbye. Yes, right. You know, I was reading... Uh, 
uh, Diane Denham Selly's column too, and she uh, was writing about Leatris, which is a native plant here, also known it, as gay feather. It, that's right, and it's a plant that uh, the pollinators love. They abs the butterflies especially like it. It's a big spike, and it they, is a they spike. It, they're usually usually purple, but not always. Sometimes they've got some other. You can get them in white. Yep, and yeah, some they're, magentas. They're, right, but they start blooming from is it the, the bottom. Up or is it the top? Yeah, and, and and they're just like a big spike covered with all these little right. flowerets, and the bees just just Be- and oh, pollinators. Oof. The monarchs particularly love them. They just uh, we have several that have been planted now in ditches as well as roundabouts, and when they're blooming at the same time, they do really look magnificent. So it, they add a little height in the garden. There's a difference between our native ones and some of them that are hybridized. Right. And so you might want to check and see if you're thinking about doing that. The thing I like about them is uh, they bloom a long time. Yes. And you are going to get this plant and it's going to continue to expand for you. It's going to get bigger. It's going to make a statement. It's nice if you can afford it. Pick up three at one time. Then you've got, you've made a statement right there. Well, or mine now. I've, you know, started a few and now they're starting to spread. So now I can, you know, dig them up and and put them all in different spots around the yard. Sure. So, but it takes a little while to get them going. It, it does. But, and, and again, um, th- they like the sunlight. They like yes, lots of sunlight. Sun. And that's why you see them used in ditches and in these roundabouts. If you see something that you like there, you, you can pretty well count on the fact that it's hardy. I think they're in rain gardens. I've seen them too. Yes, they, they absolutely. Because they can tolerate they a little a dry. Range, so they must also tolerate salt. As a matter of fact, I heard on the news that we have a shortage of, of salt because of our winter, uh, the ice and snow that's been all over. And my husband went down to pick up some salt and he went to two big box stores. And you mean for your your water uh, system? Or, for, or your, oh, for the, yeah, the side box. Okay. Yes. And um, they trouble. were out. Oh. So uh, maybe you can get some grit. There's other things that are available and, that, and they're probably... Kitty litter maybe? Yeah. It, yes. Things that are going to be maybe environmentally friendly uh more friendly yes, especially more if you've got things gl- growing right where you're using it so and then diane del Sully Sully was talking about the soldier beetle and you know um the goldenrod soldier beetle they're pretty it, little orange beetles with little black kind of little stripes on them they actually look kind of pretty they they i think they're yellow oh i think they're orangish yellowish though yes probably depends on i guess so Yes. Yeah. Now, and I I wondered, now, have I had this insect in my garden? Oh, yes. And I, I haven't have, appreciated you, it? Oh, I've had tons of them, yeah. Well, and they're very good. They're very beneficial. Yeah, they're, they eat aphids. Right. So those are the ones you don't want to kill. But, but right. the, um, you know, they kind of remind me of box elder bugs. They look yes. similar. Yes. Um, and box elder bugs, I don't think, really harm a lot. They're just more annoying than anything. Yeah, especially if they get in the house. Right, well, that's what I mean. But soldier beetles, yeah, they're good little, that's what they call them, little soldier beetles. They're yeah. soldiers, they're well, good. You know, I had a plant last year, and it was absolutely covered with something. And I, and I, I believe now that it probably was a soldier beetle. And uh, I'm going to get a better book on insects. Uh, I just missed, I missed out on that totally, because if I have something and it's beneficial, believe you me, I'm going to stand in Really protected, protected. Because I yes. know I think yes. it was with Albat we had that conversation. Because I asked him about, it and he says, "Oh, they're you know not harmful at all, and yeah, you know, they're all right. over, and there's nothing wrong with them." Why is it they come in such mass numbers? If you have a plant, you won't see one or two, but you'll see hmm. 
at least this plant that I'm thinking of, it had a lot on them. It was just really covered with them. I so don't know the answer to that. We, we'll have to we'll have to check out on that. But another thing uh, Diane was talking about in her column is that this Saturday is the last farmers market for the winter at Drummers. At yes, Drummers. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and and then May fourth they'll start at uh, their regular meeting spot. So that'll be the first. Will be May fourth. We'll have our taking a little break and then coming back. And yes, and you'll find all kinds of things. I love to go see if they have potted plants or if they've started seedlings and and uh, if they've got lettuces and and spinach and things like that. It's just really nice. And a good idea to go out to Drummers is you get a chance to thank these people for all the work they put into what they do. And, and you know, I, if you ever think plants are expensive, look how much work goes into them. You know, that's the thing. I always, you know, complain sometimes, oh, so expensive. But man, when you realize the time and the effort and everything that has to go into that, you yeah. realize that, you know what, they're not that bad. And, and you know what, love. I mean, people have yeah. to be, you have to be, you really have to be committed to this, to be able to grow things, to decide what the market's going to buy, and to have it ready on time when it's in demand. If it if you grow it and it's uh, not mature at the right time, people will buy it someplace else, and there you can be stuck with the most beautiful plants there ever were. It's a, it's a huge gamble, but it's one that a lot of people take, and gee, we want to thank them for that. And you know, if there is something in particular you want, you can contact your local nursery, and sometimes they will order it in for you or start certain seeds. And I know Harvey, our own little Harvey Hess, uh, who starts tomato uh, plants and pepper plants, he he sometimes he'll take requests and, and start certain seeds for our plant sale. So sure. you know, if you if you know somebody that's doing that, maybe just request it or you know. Yeah, yeah. Ask them if they've ever been interested or ask them if if uh, maybe they're not selling it but if, like this this new Hutura. Uh if somebody's tried that, how, what kind of luck do they have with that? And and they'll let you know that. So that's a good thing. Well, I love show and tell. And oh, I, did you bring something to show and tell? Here? I did. I, I wish we had a TV camera, but we don't. So. You know what? I was pruning oh, plants. In this, your house. In this week. Yes, this week. Probably that's why I feel so invigorated because I'm reshaping and pruning. And the jade uh, shrub tree is one that needs a, a lot of pruning. And that's an indoor plant that's got really thick leaves, suc- succulent, succulent mm-hmm. so it doesn't need a lot of water. It's easy nope. to grow. It very easy. You can go away for a month and leave it, and um, and it'll be fine. And that's now after it's raised some size, get got to some size, so it's got some roots on it. But the, the thing that's so great about succulents is it's so easy to start them, and you just start with a leaf. And you don't need any part of that woody stem. You put it into a, a soilless rooting medium. Like vermiculite? It, it could be that or just a potting, you know, so it's, it's a blend of things. And put it in, dampen the soil, and first thing you know, you'll have little roots coming out all over. And I thought, wow, you know, plants are so expensive. I have to bring these cuttings to Karen. Oh, I'll start and, some. And Karen will start them. She'll. So this is for you. Now, oh, I get nice jade here. This is for the person who loves to prune outside. So <laughs> if you start some of these jades, you could spend all this time in the winter pruning your jade trees inside. So give me something to do inside. I see a greenhouse in your future, Karen. Well, you know, I did get some material from a greenhouse company in, I think it was Canada, where they had some big sale coming up. And I thought, oh, this would be great. And my husband said, 
I don't think we're going to be getting a greenhouse anytime soon. <laughs> well, it can be on your wish list into yes, the future. Yes, for the future, right. Yes, exactly. And maybe someday those boys will say, hey, Mom, you gave us such a good education. You did so much for us. We want to buy you a greenhouse. There we go. You know, this happens. When I was in uh, in high school, I had ag class, and we had a shop portion. And you know what I built for my shop project? No. A greenhouse. Good for you. It's just, you know, uh, the kind with, with belt, basically built the, the framework of wood and then put sure. plastic on it. But that was way back in high school. That was my project. Yeah. Well, that was a great project for you. You learned a lot about it. And uh, that's something you could do with your children. You know, I had a question from one of our listeners, and he asked me if I thought this would work. This is what he did last fall. <clears throat> His relative had rhubarb plants and he said it was the most wonderful rhubarb he'd ever tasted Mm -hmm. and she gave him some he brought it home and he planted it um because he's a farmer alongside of his machine shed and improved the soil planted it there and then he took bales of straw on three sides and he made a wall and then on the top of the bales of straw he put plexiglass and he's hoping that he's going to get rhubarb earlier. Now, he knows it's hardy, so he's not trying for that. He's trying. He loves rhubarb. Just to get it going earlier. He wants to get it going earlier. But here's the thing. Our friend Neil and Sandy, his wife, Mm -hmm. yes, well, they have a, a machine shop, and they actually have rhubarb growing by that. And when I was out to see it uh, one spring early on, th- he didn't have any protection for it. And it's the metal that was heated up by the sun, oh, sure. which, you know, we're, we're learning about solar energy all the time now. And his was just, it was just huge and it was beautiful. So uh, if you want to try doing something and using bales of straw to protect a plant and then putting plexiglass on top, yeah, go it's for sort it. Of like like a, a mini, uh, what do you call the the little heat hothouses almost? Yeah, it is. It is a a, a coal frame. Coal frame. That's what. Yeah. That, yes. it, so you've got the same idea there, and you know why not do that? Also, it would be maybe more protected if you would get uh, an early spring and all the snow would melt. Uh, then that would set, you know, then again, you've got, if you don't have it mulched really well, you might have some dieback. But I'll tell you what, rhubarb is hardy. You mentioned rhubarb. I've got beautiful rhubarb here in Mankato, but there are some out at the lake that just never does thrive. And I'm guessing, and this is, I mean, I'm not sure why, but it's planted on in shade. And, oh, and I'm yeah. sure that's why, but yes. it just stays small and it just doesn't right. do anything. And it's just kind of there and it never gets very big. And I just thought, I thought, well, is it the variety? And, and I mean, it's a smaller, it's like, seems like a smaller variety. Like the, the, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Um, actual um, <clears throat> stalks are, are smaller you know, if you, around. But if you look at a rhubarb plant, Karen, yeah. and you look at the, the stems, there's going to be a, a variation in size, and right. there's always. But these are be. so much smaller, though. Yeah, I wonder if it isn't, and because there's trees around there, I wonder if it maybe just not getting. I'm sure. I'm sure the competition maybe with the roots, and the fact that it is shaded. Maybe I should dig them up and try and move them and see what happens. Because oh, I'm sure if you if you have time, put it on well, your right, schedule. I have my list to do more. Yeah, things, right? yeah, right. But right. I mean, they just kind of they they're just easy sit to there. They don't thrive. I know they've been there a long time because I you know inherited basically sure. when I, we bought the place. So um, obviously they've been there. 
there a long time. It's just that they're just blah. And you know, maybe when they planted them, the trees were also small and they weren't shaded. True. And they were very happy with the result. That's the thing about you inherit a lot of stuff that originally, you know, uh, it, it was growing well under different conditions. But uh, if you are going to dig your rhubarb, the best time to do it is it, as soon as you can get in the garden in the spring. Yeah, I was going to say. it's just breaking dormancy. Is, is it okay to do it still this spring? Yeah, yeah it is. It is. And and then what I, w- I wouldn't. And it's deep. doesn't have deeper roots. It does. So. It's deep. And I wouldn't harvest any. I would let it get started before I harvested it. Uh, and I'd wait till next uh, summer. Or well, next anyway, spring. if if you are planting rhubarb, let's say you get it at at a nursery or something in a pot, you still should wait because it takes at least a couple of years before it gets it really does. well established. Yeah, because um, if you're eating the plant factory, it can't <laughs> make food for right. the roots. So so just just be patient, and you'll have it in no time. And you know, I had so much rhubarb in my garden at uh, up at Good Council. Uh, I was giving it away too, giving plants to people. And as a matter of fact, one family came and asked if they could have a plant because I had so much. And I said, oh goodness, yes. But you have to dig it yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, at least they ask. I mean, there's cases where sometimes they just take and don't ask. So that was a good plus. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I have a meeting coming up on Saturday, and I know that you're a member of the Minnesota State Hostess uh, Society, and I am too. And we're having um, a meeting at two o'clock up at um, Bachman's and our speaker, this is open to the public, is Betty Finton. She is going to be talking about how to use containers in your hosta garden. I think that this is going to be one of the greatest things. She won the uh, Garden of the Year Award. And from, she's from the Twin Cities area? She's from the okay. Twin Cities in 2017. Yes, the... the uh, uh, Women's and Men's Garden Club of Minneapolis gave her the Garden of the Year Award for 2017. She was also in the Northern Gardener. They had five pages about her gardens. So I think this is going to be somebody that's really worthwhile listening to, have some great ideas, some great pictures. And, you know, if you have hostas, uh, it, it, it can all look like a small river of green and yellow Mm -hmm. but if you use some pots and you start them and then set them in then you're going to be able to draw your eye along instead of just seeing one mass and i have started to do that in my hosta gardens as well i've gotten some containers with some shade plants whether it's begonias or those terrenias and it really does add a little bit it gives a little structure it, it gives and structure and those high notes so that you're making this this uh, uh, musical composition. And I think one of the things we get with a speaker like this is she can tell you what not to do and what this doesn't work right with. So when you say it's at Bachman's, is that the one on Lindale? It is the one on Lindale. Okay, so, so I'm going to write it down. So, so it's, it's Saturday. 6010 Lindale Avenue South, and that's in Minneapolis. That's at 2 p.m. It's at Bachman's in their meeting room. And they always invite the public to come in. And it's free? It's absolutely free. They take questions and answers. Just a wonderful group of people. I enjoy going up there. And and I'm sure she'll, if you have a question about if you wanted to do something, uh, because you're getting, you think that you're, hostas are lacking something i think she'll give you some really good advice on how to spruce this up plus you know when you have five pages 
in the Northern Gardener magazine about your gardens. You know, they have to be pretty extensive. She's, she and her husband are also interested in bonsai, and they also belong to the Bonsai Society and do a lot of bonsais. So if that's something you've thought about, you know, Karen, here's our next venture. Oh, I have, I have wanted to do bonsai, and I've tried. I, some people call it bonsai, but, right. um, but I have tried that, and I failed. But because... I I just can't stand to have something in such a little tiny pot. Here's I tried it. I took the classes. Yeah. Uh, it was going great until I went on vacation. <laughs> and those little plants, they have such a small root on them. Right. They have to be watered in the summertime. Uh, when you're in your house, they have to be watered every single day. And just a little bit. They have to have good drainage, too. So... Um, you know, you've really got to baby some of them, and, and yeah, sometimes if you can do that. And if you have the desire to baby, not everybody wants to baby their plants, and that's right. what you got to keep. Hey, you mentioned the the hosta society. The other thing you get with the hosta society is sometimes you get like um, a peak and a chance to buy some of the the hostas before anybody else does the, some yes. of the new varieties. Yes. So we, that's a cool thing. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, they have the members, and and they Only they order these plants, and you get them at a reduced price. So whatever the retail is going to be, this is going to be less. So they've got a nice list. If you go to their site, um, the State Hosta Society. You'll it's just s- Minnesota Hosta Society. Yeah, right. And you'll see that they have a list this year what they're offering, and they look really good. But I can't look at that list. You're in your room is what you're saying? Well, I have slugs. I have oh, I have I to master the slug problem before I bring home any more hospice. Maybe this lady will have some advice for us for that. Yes, and I don't want to be dumping a lot of chemical no, I know, in, in my soil. And so, uh, yeah, th- so that's that's a good thing. If Chickens. The, I don't know. What does the weatherman re- recommend for Saturday? Does he say it's oh, going to well, be nice all day let's long? Let's check. I was just going to say, but maybe if we got a bunch of chickens, they would eat all those slugs up. That was my point. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, Saturday. Well, let's see. The weather for Saturday, bar 12 above and sunshine and no snow. So I guess that's not so bad. Just uh, no, dress warm. No, e- exactly. So th- that would be really, really great. Well, you know, there's so many great things going on that can keep us gardeners enthusiastic. Absolutely. Taking care of your plants. Be sure to keep watering them and be sure to warm the water before you use yep, it. For let your it plants. sit out for a while, the room temperature, and then it'll it'll uh, be better and for the plants. If you're buying uh, flowers or plants for someone for Valentine's Day, be sure you take with a nice quilted bag, something warm to put them in. The florist or the store will Or put they them. will freeze and look terrible. Yes, and then take them right home again. Yeah. So I have a zipper. The bag is quilted. And, and maybe I'm, a bag on top that to cover it up and make sure it yes, doesn't sit out. Absolutely. All right, Barb, thanks. Thanks, Karen. All right, it is two minutes past 10, and you are listening to A Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMA.